Yo, 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 Thought Warriors. What is up? Higher Learning is on. It is I, Van Lathan. It's me, Rachel Lindsay. Rachel, how was your weekend? You sound... Are you okay? I'm good. Okay, it was just a big sigh. But let me ask you how, how your weekend was first. You good? You okay? I was good. I was good. I'm okay. good. I'm good. You know, just managing everything, you know. The uh, the PVCs, they come and go. So, you know, you, you never know. But like, uh, but no, overall, I'm good. I'm good. I'm hopeful and I'm good. How are you? I am great. Okay. I'm in Texas. You're in Texas. So okay. How was the trip down? Very easy. Airport very easy. wasn't crowded. Everything was simple. In and out. Didn't have any any problems. Um, but, you know, it feels good to be like, I feel it. The moment I landed in Texas, I just feel at home. And, you know, I forgot. I mean, I haven't really been around people. I've just been in my sister's neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I was walking around my dog today. Everybody's so friendly. Right. I forgot coming from Miami, coming from L.A. Everybody, I'm across the street. Hey, how you doing? You good? Happy holidays. Just, I mean, at least 10, 12 people talk to me. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, I don't know. Um... I'm not gonna let you do LA like that. We we speak to each other here. Um, maybe they do in your neighborhood, not yeah, in my neighborhood. Speak. People walk across the street. I live, and it's right COVID. Here. I understand. I understand that, but they don't yeah. say hello. We say hello here, the Pico, uh, La Cienega area. You know, we say hello. Come, you run a lot. Come run. You're not far from me. Come over to run over to the Westwood neighborhood and see if people say hello. Oh, maybe I don't know what to say about Westwood. I, to me, oh, I've, please. I've, I've you're, always, you're down the street. Don't, I, don't. I've, no, I've always looked you at Westwood. You live in Beverly Hills. I've, I've always looked at Westwood as a great community. I don't know what you're trying to imply about Westwood. No, it's, it's I, I love where I live, but people aren't friendly. And I mm. noticed it, especially in there coming from well, Miami. They're definitely not friendly well, there. I'm going to tell you, people ain't friendly nowhere like they in the South. Like you'll Thank be walking, you. like yeah, you know, I'm, I'm messing with you. You walk down the street in the south, you could be just walking down. Hey, baby, you 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 need something to eat? You look hungry. I'm like, no, I'm not. It. I'm not coming in your crib. You sure? <laughs> we got some pound cake. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, let me go in here and get molested. <laughs> you, you like you said oh. you said the key word. Let me yeah. Like okay yeah okay cool. Uh, like I won't tell my mom if you don't. Sure, give me gumbo, whatever you want. Now I'm in here. You could be a witch, Hansel and Gretel situation, whatever. Uh, I miss it. Oh, no, it feels so that's good how it to is. be home I'm with that's my how nephews. It it's weird yeah. to be in a place where people won't eat. Like down in the South, down South, people won't eat if they ain't got enough to give you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll say that. That's true. I, that's true. I, I, my I mom different. stopped by last night and brought over food. What's she bringing? Because I'm staying at my sister's. She brought some fried pork chops. Cabbage. Fried pork chops. Oh, pork you back chops in the are my south. favorite. Fried pork chops, cabbage, cornbread, uh, sweet potatoes. What else did she bring? Mm, maybe that was it. My my favorite childhood cookies are these lemon cookies. She brought them over for me. Uh, some like onion, rosemary, crusted chicken, baked chicken that mm-hmm. she made. Yeah, just came over. It's no so doubt about the. It's no doubt about the fact that black people invented fried pork chops. You think so? Had to be. Had to and be. And I, I haven't had fried pork chops in years. Because think about that. Like, the people are sitting around like, listen, this pork chop is good, but we got to make it worse for you. How can we? Because we, because it's, because pork chops. everything, though. I know, but like, but it's one thing to fry a piece of chicken, you know, to fry a pork chop. Because really, you can get a good sear on a pork chop and it almost tastes like it's fried, right? Yeah, you grill true. it down that's real true. good. But to actually put a crust on that mom, put a thorn in it, that had to be. Like somebody, somebody named Jerome came up with that. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
It was well, a Jer- a thank you, Jerome, because it was good. Yeah, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're that 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 uh the, the trip went well. I'm glad I made the decision. Yes, you know yeah. I wrestled with it for for a second. Some people, some people tried to make me feel a certain way. At the end of the day, I'm glad that I'm here. Brian comes tomorrow. Okay, quick, uh, just real quick. Before we move on, let's take a real quick break. Brian comes tomorrow. Okay, good, 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 good. Speaking of Brian. Uh-oh. What? Uh, what you uh, say? <laughs> speaking of Brian. Some of the thought oh. words got some of the thought words got at me these Are last couple shocked? of days. A little bit. What did I say to you when you said what you said? As you said that it was stereotypical. If you guys missed it on the last podcast, I was joking around and I asked Rachel, Rachel, whose husband Brian is Colombian, if she ever checks the Christmas presents when they come from Colombia, family, for whether or not they have a little cocaine in it. And the reason why I said that cocaine meaning cocaine, because, you know, I watch Narcos and I watch Blow and there is a stereotype. Uh, you know, Colombia is famous for the drug trade. Pablo well, Escobar. Come on. The Medellin really? drug yeah. cartel, the Ochoas and all of those people like that, right? And so when I think Colombian, I think three things. I think beautiful women, which is a thing, coffee, and cocaine. I'm not saying in that order, but that's what the things that you think. So I made this joke, and I thought that it would be another, hey, there's wacky van, van with the wackiness, okay? Uh, like, making fun, you know, needling Rachel, her husband. But no, there were a lot of people who said, it's disgusting, and you're sick, Van, and it, and you're propagating violence against Latinx people. And Whoa! Yeah, I got hit with the propagating violence card uh, against Latinx people. My Latinx brothers and sisters, my Latinx <laughs> sisters and brothers, who I would never in a million years want to have violence propagated against them. I will read one message uh, right now out loud because it was good. And I, I so, you know, sometimes Van uh, makes you think who just wants everybody to like him. Sometimes Van gets a little defensive. Can, am I going to be able to find the message now? Uh, let me see. Hold on for a second. Oh, I got, also got another message. The message said, Van, I have an important question for you. Who is Jackson? Like, is he <laughs> on social media? His IG, anything. I've been searching the web for an hour and cannot find a thing. His voice is perfect and I have oh. to know what he looks like. Oh! Yeah, so I, sent, we... her, I sent her Jackson's information. I already did. <laughs> I already did. That's a good, good looking out. That's a... Yeah, you never know. It's a good friend. Jackson Jackson might want a, a, a ace in the hole. You're like, you never know. I think Jackson is spoken for, but who knows? Ja- <laughs> All right. So this one, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the name, but this one, I know you were just trying to make a joke, but it didn't sound very funny. It sounded racist. And I'll agree, awful things. Uh, I, oh no, no, excuse me. This is the first message because I replied. It says, I get that joking with each other. Joking with each other on the podcast is part of why fans like myself listen. But for Van, she, I don't know she, if she knew she was directing this towards me, to perpetuate a stereotype against a, minor, a minority is awful. This is the definition of a microaggression that Latinx people deal with all the time. Additionally, just to laugh at it uh, away as a point without calling this out is unacceptable and not okay. 
I said, I'm addressing it tomorrow, but it's weird. And awful is a very strong word when it was an obvious joke. I reply, I reply. You got defensive. Always. But like, <laughs> At least you admit it, man. That's always, what I love. <laughs> always. Always. Because we could come out here and be like, 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 fam. You need to go with like, like like you need to walk Bozeman. You haven't been like you're you're in your head too much. You haven't walked Bozeman. Spend some time with Bozeman. Interact with the dog and stuff like that. Me and Boz just play. And then when it comes time to do some of the other stuff, Glee guys are doing. And I say something like, God damn it, didn't I buy Bozeman? And then I think, damn, that's not, you don't say that. That's not how you say it. You could never say that. And then that comment becomes, oh, okay, nigga. Well, it could be you and Bozeman <laughs> here by yourself. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then it always comes back with me coming back going, hey, okay. I'll, mm-hmm. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wrong. I'm mm-hmm. the, re- the worst. Uh, so I came back and she she came back and she said, I know you're trying to make a joke, but it didn't sound funny. It's very funny. It sounded racist. And I'll agree, awful might have been overkill, but joke or not, it still offends people. Here's two things that the Thought Warrior community can hopefully agree about. Responding to a racist, microaggressive comment is never easy, but it's the right thing to do. Facts. She is right about this. We are all human and make humans and make mistakes. The, the shame isn't being or doing wrong, it's refusing to learn from them. Facts. She's right about that. I put in the third one. Listen to our community. Well, our we community is smart folks that listen to um, us. I put in a third one. I, I added a three to that. Oh. I said a three. I said sometimes we just have to let our guard down and laugh a little bit. But I said I'll talk about it tomorrow. Thanks for listening. All right. So I'm a. I'm a. I'm not going to straddle both sides of the fence here on this, but I am going to say this. So I'll tell you guys. And right or wrong, how I look at the community of listeners that we've cultivated here on Higher Learning. Um, <clears throat> you guys see the way I mess with Rachel. See guys the way I poke fun at people, Jackson, and stuff like that. If you're not of, uh, if I don't have a certain affinity for you, I would never do that. Like, never in a million years. You only get the dangerous, slightly offensive, annoying van if I feel connected to you. And as much as it sounds stupid, I feel connected to each and every one of the people who listen to this podcast. Like getting to know people that have listened to this podcast and interact with this podcast is, has been a unique pleasure during this time. I'm sure you feel the same way, Rachel. Yeah, no, I do. I mean, I don't give my number out like you do to folks, but it's really been great that we started this so early and we really are building a certain community and really having a voice, you know what I mean, within this community. Right. So, and you're, you're absolutely right. So because of that, you're not going to always get Van standing up straight. You're going to get an imperfect sort of, uh, I don't know, almost mischievous version of me that I say for people who I'm okay with letting me letting them see me. Um, even on past podcasts that I've had, I've had a podcast called The Red Pill that was pretty successful. It was an interview show. So a lot of the show was about the guests and it wasn't as much about me because mm-hmm. you're interviewing people every time and you got to kind of dig into who they are. Yeah. Here, there are things that I've shared and things that we've talked about on this podcast that I've done only to maintain my sanity and to make sure that I have a clear connection with the audience. So because of that, sometimes you're going to hear some shit from me that you might not like. I'm going to do two things. Number one, I'm not going to run from the fact that it's offensive to people. And 
if I said something, not if I said something, I said something that was offensive to people, so I'm sorry. But I, when I say I'm sorry, I mean, I'm not sorry because it was offensive. I un, Because they felt offended. I understand why that would be offensive to people. And I understand if I was from Columbia where I wouldn't want people assuming that I deal coke. I get that. I understand that. But I'm also going to do something that I do only to with people in my family. I'm going to ask for you guys to trust me that I would never, ever, ever, ever say anything that I thought would put you in harm's way. Never. Um, I don't want more than anything in my life than for everyone to experience the freedom, justice, and equality that I feel like is your human right when air first comes out of your lungs. I want that more than for anyone, equally on the same level. I want people to live unencumbered, expressive, and free lives. It's a part of who I am. But I will say this. Sometimes the differences and the little idiosyncrasies that we have and the cultural idiosyncrasies that we have are funny to me. Like, I live here in Pico and La Cienega, and I see a lot of Orthodox Jewish people walking around my neighborhood. I love them. I don't know if that's wrong. Sometimes I just stop and tell these guys, yo, fam, you look good tonight. <laughs> that hat I'm and sure that jacket, it. like, fam, you are killing it. And then I want to have a two-hour conversation about why you're walking around in that in the middle of summer. Like, what's the difference? I'm not like, I'm wearing Nike shorts. You got a full suit on, you know? I saw a girl that was, uh, she was dribbling the basketball, right? She had mad crazy handles, but she was wearing the full Jewish lady head thing and the whole nine. It was, that's, that, that's both inspiring, funny, uh, like intriguing. I'm, I step in, I look, I look. I'm like, I, I like these little differences and sometimes they're funny. Now, obviously those two things aren't negative. Dylan Coke is depending on who you are. So I get it. So, the, the, the actual quest for me is to learn more about Colombians so that I'll have different things to joke on them about. Because that was kind of the only thing. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, that's, that, that's what you concluded? You can come right. to the Abasolo household. But, no, go ahead. No, I'm, so, I'm saying, if it's the food or something like that, more stuff. Because the cocaine thing is a negative thing. So I just need to learn more that I can needle Brian about. And I do know that, you know, because I've married into a Colombian family, I know that there is a lot of sensitivity around the stereotype of cocaine, which is mm-hmm. why when you said it, and like for me, it's like we, we say things that make light of it because someone did write me and they were like saying, oh, you just laughed it off. And I'm like, no, no, I called it out as a stereotype, but I also don't want to bring so much attention to it because it wasn't, in, you weren't being serious. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why do I need to stand on a soapbox and really just reprimand you for what you were doing? You weren't being serious. But I totally understand why people are offended. I totally get that it's a stereotype. And I am sensitive to it because I, my mother-in-law has talked about it. And I mean, we were even thinking about getting married in Colombia. And I had, there were people, I had family members who had certain stereotypes. I was like, you guys got to chill out. Like it's, mm-hmm. you, you need to relax. That's yeah. just a stereotype. And you would be offended if somebody was doing it to you based off something they af- associate with your culture. Right. That may not be the case. Yeah, true. I have a friend. I told you about my friend Vic, right? 
my friend Vic, who's the part so. of my, I told you about my friend Vic. So oh, Vic, yeah. so Vic is Mexican. Vic okay. and uh, his little brother E are Mexican. One time, because you know we playing basketball, and when we playing basketball, we warmed up. It was like it's future. There was that Marsh Madness. There was there was and we all. I'm like, yeah, turn it up. We get warmed up. We about to smash these dudes. Yeah, blah blah blah. Then we got into Vic and Vic's car, right? And he was in the front seat. I was in the back seat. And Vic turned on his CD player, and a gentleman named Vincente Fernandez okay. started playing. And it was like, Rulesida, Score Melodita, Zida, And it was like super, <laughs> and he started to like, and I was like, yo, what the fuck is this? And he was like, yo, he's like, all, he's like, for real, this guy right here, like, this guy is like the Jay Z of Mexico. That was rap that you just did? It wasn't oh, rap. Was he was singing. Okay, okay. And okay. he was singing, and he and some of his songs are very, very emotional. But he apparently is they they would play me Vicente Fernandez, and they pay, played me Pedro Infante. These two guys that they play. Apparently, Pedro Infante, if Vicente if Vicente Fernandez is the Jay Z of of Mexico, then Pedro Infante is kind of like the Nas. Like he's old, and they got beef. They don't have beef, but like they younger up and coming guys. If you told me that was like an ether version, of no, it's not. But it, but here's the thing: I was delighted at that to the point to whenever I would see E, and and whenever I would see E, Vic's little brother, I'd be like, "Yo, man, I need that new hot VF that Vicente Fernandez." And he was telling me all about the Mexican cowboy culture and all about that stuff like that. They showed me pictures of when that. So I joke about it, but it's not something negative to joke about. And that's because there was something else to be understood. Now, let's say the only thing I knew or I wasn't as immersed and like it was then cocaine or something like that. Or well, it's negative. It's negative. There's so you don't want to joke. There's a difference. So what I'm yes. saying is the true ignorance is the fact that I don't know as much about Colombians that I can juggle them. But I'm going to find something funny. I'm not going to stop joking on Colombians. I'm just okay. going to find something else. Something positive. Something that's positive not... positive stereotype to, to joke about? Something that's not debilitating to their cultural identity. Right, Because right. they don't want people coming down there thinking of Bogota and Medellin and fucking Boston George and all of that shit like that. That's not what they want. And I get right. it. I understand. Right. So it, it is, I'm sorry for leaning into, you know, the worst aspects of uh, any, anybody's cultural identity. Although I will say this. Escobar was rich as hell. The question I always ask my homies, like one time I was like, look, Escobar, they, they got Escobar out of there in like maybe like early 40s or something like that. But if you could have like 15 billion and live like that for a while, would you do it? Knowing that you were going to go out in your 40s? Yeah. No. No, neither me. Why? Stupid. It's dumb. There's a lot of niggas that say yeah, though. Yeah, but think about the stress his life was. It's not like he was chilling on a beach for all that time. He was looking over his shoulder. They were having to run from place to place. His family was in danger. Cars blow. I mean, come on. You don't want that lifestyle. Hey, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's not what we're talking about. Nope, nope, nope. That's not what we're talking about because that's not what Colombia is about. 
Like, like we're not we're not talking we, about that. We are talking about Colombia. We're talking about Pablo Escobar. No, I know, difference. but no, but we're not even going. I don't even want to mention that. Look, like, hold on for a second. See, and this is another thing. I also blame. I'm gonna be honest with you. I blame, blame Google because I just Google Colombia, and you know what popped up? What? Colombia sportswear. That's not what people <laughs> want to know about. <laughs> How'd you spell know. it? Do you spell it right? Did I? Is it wrong? Oh shit! I misspelled. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, not like Colombia, South Carolina. How's it spelled? How you spell it? C-O-L-O. Oh, okay. Columbia. Ooh, y'all, please okay. keep all this in here. All no. <laughs> this in here. Okay. That's another story. Okay. That, so let's, they get so upset. Let's, you can't, you get so many Americans it. spell Columbia as Columbia. Keep it wrong. Keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it real. So I'm going to read Columbia. This is what it says. All right. Y'all, is, I can't. Is, wait, 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 <laughs> wait. Okay. With over 50 million inhabitants, Colombia is one of the most ethnically and linguistically diverse countries in the world, which I did not know, okay? With its rich cultural heritage reflecting influences by various Amerindian civilizations, European settlement, forced African labor, and immigration from Europe and the greater Middle East. Urban centers are concentrated in the Andean highlands, and on the Caribbean coast. Not a mother freaking thing about no... As a matter of fact, I'm looking down here, the whole first serve, they don't talk about nothing about... I don't see nothing about it. I don't see nothing about it. So you know what? I'm going to look through here. I'm going to look through here. Okay? I'm going to find out something that's funny to me. I'm going to come back. Okay? But for now, I got the point, guys. I appreciate you. Thank Shout you. out to um, our thought warriors that hold us accountable on things we say. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I appreciate y'all holding us, account- us accountable. Find something to do now. <laughs> but. I appreciate you holding us this accountable. Wasn't a, this wasn't a bad one. This, this wasn't, wasn't a bad, bad one. one. Okay, well, mm-hmm. Go ahead and find something to do. All right. Because we just trying to live out here. We are doing our best. I love y'all. We are doing our best. Go ahead and go play now. Go ahead now. It's a lot of stuff. It's, you know, go get, find a find a Zoom, okay? Goddamn. All right, no, seriously, I got a little bit better. Before we move on, let's take a little break. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. This is a real big deal. Like everybody else, I feel like I was the guy who put everybody else on this guy because <laughs> those videos when they first started going around back in the day I had never seen nothing like it and to watch everything that he's been able to accomplish man it's been amazing thought Thank words you, give it up for Jay Farrell's on the show today man yes what's wait, up brother how you holding up wait man? Van did you just take credit for his career nope that's not what I'm that's saying that's exactly what I just Jay that's not is what I'm saying what, is that what you heard <laughs> listen Listen, coming from the man who put Kanye West in his place, uh, I don't care. <laughs> no, no, but it's serious. It's serious to talk about because, um, Jay, you were on YouTube and yeah. you were doing impressions on YouTube and some kind of way, one of these impressions, uh, like, I don't know if my YouTube was taking a, a break from suggesting torque videos to me or whatever it was, some kind of way, I came upon it and I remember sending it, put it, dropping it in the group chat going, yo, I've never seen anything like this. I can't remember <laughs> the year, but I do remember after you sort of went viral in the earlier day, de- in the early days of going viral, like it was very, very soon after that, it seemed that you ended up 
on SNL. SNL. Yeah, so yeah. T- t- walk us through how that happened, man. Well, you know, it was the um, it was the the Will Smith versus Denzel trailer. Mm. What wasn't a trailer? It was the Will Smith versus. I, first of all, there's a video up on my YouTube. It's me, Denzel versus Will Smith, but it's like why they never made a movie together. And you know, um, a couple of times before that, I had I had a couple more Will Denzel videos, but they didn't hit like that. But I, you know, I was uh, coming back from New York in um, in January 2010, and I was talking to my sister, and I said she's my manager as well. And I said, uh, I said, why haven't Denzel and Will never made a movie together? She was like, I don't know. And I was like, let's do a skit about it. And I just mm. I shot it, I put it up, and literally the next day, it I got the uh, the notification that my channel was going to be uh, they were going to put ads on my channel. I was like, what? You gonna put ads on my channel? I was like, yeah, because it was doing it was doing well. And um uh who was it? Entertainment picked up the video and they played it, and then BT saw it and they signed me to do like this uh the package, the the BT short for the uh for uh uh for the BT awards. And then um, you know, I was still I, I was still out there on the road and um SNL was already SNL was already in the, you know, it was already in the talks, but NBC saw that video. Um, they saw, matter of fact, forget that video. They saw an audition I did for Pink House, this uh, pilot that never got picked up, and they gave me a holding deal. So I had a holding oh, deal. wow. Yeah, so yeah. I had a holding deal in uh, January, February 2010 before anything else. And then Fox came and they were trying to get me and Atheon to do a show together and then ultimately I said, I said, it would be more advantageous for me to go on a show that's established, get a fan base, and then and then possibly have my own show. Because NBC with Scott Stuber, they wanted to do a show about me going to private school. And, you know, I went to private <laughs> Christian school for a year and yeah. it was like they, everybody was like mad, weird, like the. Like the the, um, the gym teacher, he was like boxing us, and then the, the, uh, the I principal. went to the school too. You went to the school too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out, shout out to Mr. White. You know, you know Mr. White. Then you know what I mean. Right. So <laughs> the principal thought that me and my homeboys, because we were flicking the lights on and off, and uh, my my boy Andrew, he was like jumping and attacking people, and we were flicking the lights on. So he thought that we were homeless. He thought we were gay. That's what he was saying. He was like, "Are you guys?" We're like, "No, we're just flicking the lights on and off." What are you talking about, right? Right. So they were going to do a whole pilot about uh, my experience there, mm-hmm. but like I said, I said it would be smarter for me to just go ahead and be on an established platform, try to build my um build my fan base, and then get off and then do a show by myself. You know what I mean? And then that's kind of what happened with White Famous. So, yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Listen, Jay, you're known for so many things. But one of the things, one one of the things is the impressions that you do, which I heard you say you can do over 200, which is wild to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who's your favorite impression to do? Honestly. Favorite person to impersonate. Yeah, not, yeah, I, I totally got what you were saying. I just, <laughs> I don't have, I really don't have one that I'll be like, oh, that's my favorite one to do, man. I just, I just do them. You know what I mean? So I would say the one that gets requested the most will probably be between Jay-Z, 
Eddie Murphy, Barack Obama, and Kevin Hart. Between those four, like people ask me to do those all the time. I mean, of course, you have people who ask me to do Stephen A. Smith and Will Smith right. um, and Denzel Washington. But I think those four people ask for those all the time. Um, and it's the easiest one I slip into, I would probably say, is Eddie Murphy. I slip yeah. into that very easily. Right. So, you know, because if you didn't know this, bro, I don't know if you knew this, Van. I, I don't know, but... I was actually on the road with Charlie Murphy for three years when I was 19 before I got SNL. Word. Huh. I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. yeah. So Charlie always used to <laughs> Charlie always used to say, yo, man, say something, Shane. Yo, man, you, you, yo, you got the, yo, my, my brother, man, you and my brother, man, I'm telling you, man, you got the same chops, man. I know this dude, man. I've been around him, man. <laughs> I'm saying, got that, Jay. <laughs> Let me so, ask you something. It's so such I'm, a specific talent. How do you realize that you can do this? Like you, everybody in elementary school, we know who the kids is going to win the Heisman Trophy are. They fast or whatever like that. You know, we know the other talents that present themselves. How do you know that you can do what it is that you do? Um, listen, I had no friends growing up, so it was either, it, it was either make up people and talk to myself as other folks, or it was just fall into depression. Uh, I have mm. a tip. I fell into it a little bit, but I got out. You know what I mean? Right so, uh, okay. I literally was told by my girlfriend when I was six years old that I was good at impressions. And then I continued, I just continued building my repertoire after that, man. Um, and I think it was Iago off of Aladdin was my first impression because it's, it's Disney, you know, it's, it's, it's Aladdin. So that's right. what I was watching as a kid. Then it was Ed, Ed and Eddie. It was Forrest Gump and his and, and his mom. And then the list just kept getting just kept getting longer, man. So it's just a uh, first of all, you for for me, um, I was in theater as well. You know what I mean? I was you know, I was a theater kid. So performing was so natural and performing was where I found myself the most. So at at an early age, I knew that I wanted to perform. I didn't know in what medium I wanted to do it in, but I knew that the stage had my name written all over it, man. And and I I, I just, like I said, I've continued to do that in different mediums. So it's all good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, speaking about the stage, I mean, you just finished filming a movie. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> so um, uh, me, uh, Christina Milian, also uh, Sinqua Walls. Uh, oh, from, wow, the um, homie. American yeah. Soul, he, he's yeah. in that movie as well. And, and along with all uh, a lot of new actors that you that you probably haven't seen yet. Well, Alex, Alex Hodge, uh, he's from uh, from um, uh, Issa Rae's show. Um, what is that show? I've been Insecure. Seen. Yes, insecure. Yes. Oh, insecure. they gonna get on your ass. Well. So <laughs> they gonna get on your ass. No, 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 no. Look, 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 look. Right, right, right. They gonna get. They about to get on your ass. If you had given him a couple of more seconds, he would have got it. I, I know I he would have got it. It was right there. But, it was but right the, there. The they that I'm talking about, it don't matter. <laughs> they waiting for any moment. I know. You know what I mean? They go, somebody right now lighting sage in their room, going, "Oh, you remembered the name of SNL, but you didn't remember." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm fucking with Listen, that. I congratulated Issa Rae. I congratulated Issa Rae for hosting SNL, unlike a lot of people who didn't do it. So I don't even want anybody to <laughs> you know what I, mean? right. I sent her a message. I said, Congratulations. Mm-hmm. I hope you do. You know, I know you're gonna do a fantastic job. I love Issa. You know what I mean? Right. It's just 
insecure. I'm I'm a very secure person, so I forget right. the term. You forget, I forget what that means. I feel you, bro. That's a good save. <laughs> exactly. So in this movie, I'm actually uh, well, me and Christina Milian, uh, we had a past. You know, she's a singer, mm-hmm. and um, <laughs> she's a singer who's supposed to get this big record deal. Uh, it ends up it ends up not happening, and she ends up being a wedding singer, right? Uh, at this uh, resort in Mauritius. And uh, because her best friend was orchestrating everything, I was getting the same ads. So it gave me the idea to have my wedding there. So we meet up at this, (laughs) we meet up on this island and we haven't resolved our, we didn't even have a, there was no exit. You know what I mean? There was no um, closure. Right. So I've got to deal with her being there, being supposed to sing at my wedding and trying to keep all of that away from my now fiance. Mm. And I've proposed to, I went to South, I went to, I went to Charleston and proposed to her within a year. And right. it took me four years to propose to, uh, to Christina's character. Right. Yeah. And so, and then my brother, <laughs> my brother, Sinqua, uh-huh. He's like the love interest now for her, and she's and she's still having feelings for me. I'm having ah. feelings for her, and it's a tr- it's a triangle going on. So it's really it, it really gave me a chance to play a, a different character. I've never been married in in real life and on screen. I've never okay. had that mm-hmm. in in all my life. The movie that I did with Harry Shum Jr. Jessica Roth that's out right now, and it comes out of VOD uh, December the twenty third. Um, I'm a best man in that movie. So that was last year. You so moving, was, up. <laughs> moving up. You moving up. You moving up. In the words of my Michael Jackson impression, because he's never said this, there's levels. There's levels to this. <laughs> there's so many levels. It's all about levels, man. It's about levels, man. You have to have levels. So I guess <laughs> I guess if this year I'm saying I'm, I got married in the movie, very beautiful. Beautiful. I can't wait for everybody to see a Netflix film. Um, it's coming out. It's going to be dropped in 192 countries. Uh, hopefully that'll be Fantastic. out uh, during the summer uh, wedding season. But it got like this, this freaking level. So the next movie, I guess I'm going to have kids. I don't kids? know. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Either that or some somebody going to be pregnant. I'll tell you that uh, right now. You know know. Well, I see you on the grand post and thirst traps. While Listen, you were on the island, and you well, know what I'm talking that. about. Don't do that. Those aren't thirst traps. Those are well, motivational what? traps. For Those, who? That's what that is. For who? Motivate for people who have sat back during COVID and have found themselves overweight and is like, I'm not going to get this weight off. I'm like, son, I gained 25 plus pounds and I turned my, my I turned my um my garage into a gym mm-hmm. and I ran six miles a day, six times a week. And wow. I got that off. So you can do it, too. I'm yeah. not just putting up pictures of my abs to turn on cougars that are probably going to send DMs regardless. Anyway, I'm not doing that. Okay. That's yeah. not what well, I'm doing. You know what you sound like right now, Jay? What's up? You sound like that girl that posts her big old fat booty. And then underneath <laughs> that is an inspirational quote that says, back in the eighth grade, I was really <laughs> self-conscious about my body. But now that I'm just got that dang, dang is like, but, and, and you, and you, you, you really want to go into there and comment, yo, Hey, girl, just post your ass and leave. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. We understand. Listen, 
I definitely, I definitely relate to those feelings that she has because I, I was in school, I was a fat kid. So hey, mm. look, if you see some abs and you see some nice chests and some arms, will you deal with it? <laughs> Listen, it was a I'm nice picture. Thanks. I'm with it. Let me ask you something, bro. Um, so over the last couple of years, there's been a lot of smoke that's happened in both the uh the few the the present and it going back in the past about different performers, white performers, taking on the personas of black people. A lot of times it has to do specifically with whether or not they're darkening their skin and things like that. Okay. Have we passed the point where it's now going to be okay for, or have we passed the point, should I say, where it's okay for white comedians to do impressions of black people, period? Is it too hot now? Should white should should white comedians stop in any way? Because like, if you do it and they feel like you're talking black, you're acting black, or anything like that, should white comedians stop doing impressions of black people? I mean, listen, when you when you live in a society uh, like America where everybody is culturally sensitive, um, I think I think you just have to pick where you do it at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. You saw Jimmy Fallon, how he did Chris Rock. However, he apologized for it because right. he said that's not right. Um, just like um, the, the actor that played Cleveland uh, stepped down and exactly. let and, and let a, and let a black guy do it. Right. You know, it's <clears throat> it, when it's. I think if it's in a comedy club, or you just or you doing a special or something, I don't think anything is wrong with it because it's you and the crowd and whoever else is going to watch it. You know what I mean? It's you and the crowd, whoever else is going to watch it. When you are on a program, I don't know if it, I don't know if it's advantageous um, to do so just because everybody is so sensitive. Personally, I do impressions of white people. So, yeah. But don't you think there's a difference when it's, there's one thing to do an impression. It's right. another thing to do blackface. And is that where the line is drawn? There you go. Okay. okay. You're not fully dressing up like this character, right? If you, if blackface is offensive, of course, it's, it's been, I mean, you remember the movie Band Boozled? It's, it's been, yeah, of course. Yeah. Even past slavery. Like they, they, like really, like people did that. But, but like you're saying, it's offensive because it's meant, it's meant to do harm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people who step into those shoes don't know the past history of a lot of that, you know? And it's important, it's important to educate yourself on um, the, the diversity that the issue has caused. You know what I mean? Just so you know what you're getting yourself into. And if you make a decision past that to do it, well, that's 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 on you. You know right. what I mean? But I feel like, like you're saying, if it's if you're not doing, you're not putting all the stuff on your face and everything. I don't know if it's that, I don't know how offensive it is because if somebody is good at doing a voice, that's just what they are. You know what I mean? We didn't think we, everybody thought that uh, we thought Eminem was black until we saw his face. Yeah. I'm saying like, it's just, we we thought Justin Timberlake was, I thought Robin Thicke. Ah, that's the one. I did. That's one. That's yes. one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so one. But when you see him, he's just him. That's just him doing him. As long as you're not trying to put extra on and you're just doing that, and that's just what you. I don't. I don't know. 
how much it offends me personally. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. I don't know. That's a good question, sir. That, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, no, no. But the, the reason why I ask is because, look, it's because you watch SNL, right? And I watch SNL now, and I think the number of S, the, the number of black cast members on SNL should be going up, and I'll tell you why. Because there's never been a time when there were this many black people of note to talk about in all different spheres of everything. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So I start to wonder, do they have enough niggas to play these characters? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, 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 you know what I mean? And when you, uh, when, and to be honest with you, when you left the show, I was uh, like, oh shit. Let me say this. Uh, they had enough when I was on. I would just (laughs) because I would play all of them. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) That's real talk. But back to what you were saying. You were saying when I left the show, you were like, "Oh snap!" I was like, "Yo, who like who does this now?" You know, you know what I mean. Especially as things move on. And you know, look, I tend to agree with you on it. Like, I think there are some flashpoint things that you don't do. But as far as if if somebody does a great. LL or a great whomever or a great Jesse Jackson. If it's funny, it's, it, 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 if it's funny, it's funny. It's all but the, game. It's funny. But the Cleveland situation specifically is what you were talking about because that was one where I was kind of, I didn't know what to make of it. I didn't really know how I actually felt about right. that situation. Now, it's going to lead me into something else uh, because, you know, we know that racism is real. Discrimination mm-hmm. is real. Uh, we know that, unfortunately, brother, you got to see up close uh, what it looks like to be profiled, what it looks like to to have your identity be mistaken or not even mistaken, to have your blackness weaponized against you. There was an incident right. earlier where uh, I guess the cops hemmed you up and they they you can describe to the people what happened to yourself. I remember we covered it here, but you can describe to the people what happened for yourself. Well, um, Okay, so during the pandemic, to try to, you know, me, like I said, I'm a gym head. I like, I like staying in shape. You know, I, I was coming from being a, a overweight kid and and being talked about by everybody. And you know, joke. You know, I took, I took pride in the be able to being able to drop so much weight. So I noticed myself getting a little hefty during during the quarantine period. So um, I said, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna run. That's gonna be my exercise. You know. Um, I'm going to download this app and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to consistently do it no matter what. And that's just, that's just going to be what it is. Um, so I downloaded this thing called the run tracker app and um, it tells you when to slow down. It tells you when to run, you get like two minutes, two minutes to, to chill. And then it's like run for 20 or something like that. Right. So I was using this app up until uh, April 26th of this year. And um, I was on the I was on the intersection of Ventura and Corbin and I was I was on a rest. It told me to walk. The, the, the app was like walk. I said, OK, so I'm walking through this area and like I see this helicopter helicopter flew over me, whatever. Um, I see this police officer to the left of me. I wasn't thinking anything of it because, you know, I didn't do anything. This is my neighborhood. You know what I mean? This is where this is where I feel comfortable at. I'm just this is where I'm at. So I look to the left of me and the officer, he's got his gun up and he's like, get on the ground. I look, I'm, 
I look a little, <laughs> I look a little to the right, like, oh, they about to get somebody because this is this is bad. I don't know who did something, but they messed up. Got an officer coming at him with a gun. You get on the ground. Me, Jay Farrow, mm. law-abiding citizen. Don't break a law, Jay Farrow. I'm I'm gonna be on the ground. Get on the ground. Spread your arms out. Okay. Spread your arms out like an airplane. Okay. I get on the ground. I spread my arms out like an airplane. Three more officers come up. They got guns out. They got their guns out. All on me. Officer comes, puts his knee on me, puts my hands, starts putting my hands in cuffs. I was like, are you, are you putting me in cuffs right now? He's like, yup, you're being apprehended. I kid you not. When all of this is happening, my app said, run. I said, <laughs> bitch, I can't. <laughs> Four officers around me with guns. One officer gets on top, puts the handcuffs on me. Um, and then they say, stand up. I said, how? You gotta understand something. I've never had cuffs on me ever. Not even in the bedroom, son. So for <laughs> officer, <laughs> for this to happen, for this to be breaking my my for this to be prom night for me with handcuffs, I didn't really like it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. I didn't like it. You know, everybody's driving past. They're looking at me. They're saying, get up. I said, I can't. Can you help me? So they they pulled me up. And then the officer says, one officer said, um, do you want to sit in the shade? I'm like, no, I don't want to sit in the shade. I want to stand up right here. Because first of all, you all don't even have gloves on. You don't have masks on. This is the height of Corona. Right. And not only that, I'm sweating. I'm sweaty. I sweat a lot. I'm a slippery Negro. I sweat. You know what I'm saying? Well, so, so now I'm on the ground and all of this, all this dirt and stuff is on my chest. It's on my shirt. It's on my clothes. I feel filthy. I feel dirty mentally. I feel yeah. embarrassed. I don't know. There's not. What can I do? No, I want to stand. Oh, I, I'm just trying to help you out, you know, because, um, you know, you're in the heat right now. Oh, really? You can help me out by taking these damn handcuffs off me because I didn't yes. do anything. Yeah. I'm innocent. It, oh, well, well, you know, you fit the description mm. of black male uh, with a gray sweatpants, gray sweatpants and a gray shirt on. OK, so what you're telling me is I fit the description of any black man walking. That's what you're right. saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's the black man starter kit. Are you freaking kidding me? Right. Of course. Are you kidding me right now? And they say, okay. I say, look, let me tell you this. I said, I didn't do anything. But if you look up Jay Farrow, you will see that you were making a serious mistake. If you Google Jay Farrow right now, you will, you, will, you will see that you're making a serious mistake. But where's your ID at? Why would I have? Why do I? This is my neighborhood. Right. I'm running. Right. I don't have ID on me because right. I literally went around the corner from my house. Right. Well, where do you live? I'm not telling you where I live right. because I don't want you coming to my crib and harassing me like you harassing me right now. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, we're going to check. Literally, bro. A few minutes later, cop comes back. Oh, we got the wrong person. We can let you go now. I say, yo, get these effing cuffs off me, man. Right. And, and, and you know what? You know what's crazy? This just happened 
I cool. posted it on my yeah in Virginia Beach. Virginia I'm Beach. From, that's my area. In front of his children, Jay. In front of his children. Marched him out of the, he was eating dinner. He was eating lunch in the mall with his family. They marched him out in cuffs. They cuffed him, marched him out. When they get him out there, they tell him we got the wrong guy. It's yo. It's the the thing is this. At the end of the day. Why, as black people, do we have to feel like we're guilty until proven innocent where other people get the benefit of the doubt? I've seen so many crazy videos during the pandemic. I saw one uh, gentleman, I'll say gentleman, you know what I mean? I saw one gentleman who the cop cop had the taser out Mm -hmm. and he's running towards him. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's, the cop's like, he shoots him. The guy's like, oh, throws the tasers down, attacks the officer. The officer just goes like this. He gets in the car and drives away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Meanwhile, you got the brother that was um that, that was drunk that probably an officer approached him and shot him in the back. Yeah. In the back when he yeah. was running. Yeah, down in Atlanta. Yeah. It's like in 2020, as black people, we should not be fighting for human rights. If I just want to walk down the street I shouldn't have to feel like my life could be in danger by walking down the street. If I want to go to the gas station, whatever I want to do, gas station, whatever I'm trying to do as a black person, we should not have to feel endangered by doing normal risks that everybody else is allowed to do. And they don't have to feel that pressure. I was just going to say, when you got on social and you shared what happened to you, and you put up the the footage. One, we talked a little bit about this on in a different way. Maybe it was when we were talking about this incident. It was so powerful just because we're seeing what, what we just saw happen with George Floyd right. happen to you, who is known. And right. I think what what gets frustrating sometimes as black people is that when it comes to explaining this to white people, it has to be in the most simple terms because they just don't get it or they don't want to get it. And with you being a known person and sharing what happened to you, because I have had white people say to me, Oh, Rachel, that wouldn't happen to you. Oh, if you had a son, that wouldn't happen as if it were different. If we're different. Yeah. Like your resume is on your forehead. People know who you are. No, when you get pulled over, you're just black. When you get stopped, you're just black. And so I thought when you shared what happened to you, it's like it happens to all of us. It doesn't matter who you are. And I know that when you were talking about this, you said part of the reason for you sharing it is that you want to empower us. You want to let people know this happens to us and also how to educate people. So I just want to ask you, what is it that you wanted people to get from that? Because I believe you were saying that you wanted us to know our rights. Yeah. You wanted us to know how, if this happens to you, this is what you should do. Right. I want you to just to just to know the laws, just to know what people are allowed, what police officers are allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. And etiquette that you should follow when you are being approached by police officers. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a, a lot of times I do see and and rightfully so you have the right to be mad. You have the right to be infuriated. But, you know, you're dealing with somebody that got a that got a gun on him and literally they're quick to do this to us. They're yeah. quick to do this to us. Yeah. The other side, they're not quick to do that. So it's like, OK. How can I put myself in a safe? How can I make this environment safe? It's already dangerous. It's already a precarious situation. What can I do to make this to smooth this out? Well, first, you got to be knowledgeable of what's going on, knowledgeable of what they can, what they can't do. Second. 
you have to know, you got to know and understand what, what you can and what you can't say in a situation to make it safer for you. There have been so many times. And like I said, I've never, I ain't, I ain't never had a ticket or anything like that. I've been pulled over. Mm-hmm. No, I've definitely been pulled over. And when I do get pulled to the side immediately, I'm like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And I, the police officers normally, they're like, okay, cool. Well, we'll give you a warning or whatever. By the grace of God, it's not like that for everybody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just a little bit, it can, go a, it can go a long way if you're not disrespectful to them, mm-hmm. you know? And Jay, can I ask you something? Isn't it their job to make sure that the situation is safe? No, 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 it is. And like, like, like I'm saying, it is. It mm-hmm. is. And that's why I said as Black folks, when we are approached like that, we have the right to be mad. You have the right to be mad. But when you have folks out here like George Floyd, you got folks out here like Ahmaud Arbery who are getting who are getting killed. You got uh, you got folks like Breonna Taylor. You know, now we just not only not only do you have to be knowledgeable, you have to you have to put yourself in the situation and try to say, OK, I'm tr- I'm trying to keep this. I'm trying to keep the pressure as low as I can keep it. Mm. You're trying no. to survive. You're trying to survive. That's mm. yeah. The sad thing is it should not be like that. Like right. you're saying, Vaughn, it shouldn't be like that. Right. Yeah. It should never be like that. We mm. should we should be able to we should be able to carry on just like everybody else. Because as far as as far as police officers go and a lot of a lot of white folks, mm-hmm. you know, they're when it comes to this, they're scared. Yeah. People are always in fear of what they don't understand. Mm-hmm. You know. It goes, it goes all the way back. It goes all the way back to the slavery days when we were freed. Oh man, well, they gonna try something now. We done freed them. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So let's do slave catches and let's and let's and let's lock them up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which which started the whole prison what started the whole prison system anyway. Started mm-hmm. the police the police departments as well. It's it's it literally, it literally jumped from from slavery, keeping us in cages from our Masterwise to being kept in cages by the government, yo. Right. Like it's it 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 is so it's so nuanced to um it, it's so nuanced to keep us down. However, from the time we just wanna we just wanna be like everybody else. We just wanna live. Right. That's all we wanna do. Carry on and live like everybody else. Because when it comes down to it, so nobody's from here except the except the Native Americans. Right. right. Everybody else were immigrants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either forced here or invaded and 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 pillaging and pillaging the villages and, and, and taking and taking forcing a religion on cultures. That's yeah. all it is. Right. By so the way, one of those. So it's the it's the fear of this. What's gonna happen? No, nah, man. If you sit there, if you talk to us, ain't no, of course there's there's people who have rage is people who are mad that's because this has been going on for so long and there hasn't been a change yet you know what's happening right now you're giving me wild denzel vibes right now really (laughs) denzel is coming off i'm bro as you go and you get more passionate i'm just like i'm watching malcolm x i'm watching it i'm watching like you like bro like bro i i hear it bro it's 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 happening right now i'm like yo it's like you because you got so into that i was like yo man this remind me of Malcolm X, nineteen ninety three, bro. I, I gotta be honest with you, man. Look, it, it everything that you're saying. Obviously, you went through it. The 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 passion is right there. 
Um, but we got to, everybody's going to have to pull up their, uh, put on their, um, their hard hats, you know, and, and, and really get in the mud yeah. to, to, to kind of get, to kind of get these situations rectified. You have a book coming out. No, no, I don't. You do not have a book coming out. <laughs> Listen, there's somebody, there's somebody who's super disrespectful on IMDB or Wikipedia, whatever it is. They put stuff, they don't put all my work up there. They, they oh, try to shit. My, my bad. I thought you, I was doing my research. I'm trying to call myself trying to do my well, research. Put it I'm out like, there. It's coming. The book's well, coming. I, 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 it is. No book. book is, I'm going to write, I'm, I'm going to write a book. I am. I definitely am, but there is not a book for Jay Farrell currently. What, what you see probably is something called Can I Be Me? And that was not, that's not a book. That right. was a special I, I recorded in 2014 and that came out 2015. So there's no, there's no book. Now, I'm going to be dropping, I'm going to be dropping a couple of specials when I can, when we can, when the world open back up, I'm going to do that. But mm. as far as books, man, I'm working on that. I don't have one coming out yet. And I would like to say this to the person on the internet that keeps spreading these lies, as my <laughs> auntie would say, lies fairy tales. I am six foot two. I'm not six foot one. You better give me my <laughs> Okay. And take that raggedy picture off there with me going like that, 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 that's an ugly picture. I don't like that picture. I'm the hell take that picture down, man. I got cute pictures in that. I'm a bad, I'm a bad bitch, okay? okay I'm a bad bitch. <laughs> hey man, we men. Every inch matters. Oh, it, we matter, men. it matters to us too. All right. Y'all. Every every, every, y'all. every inch matters. Look, pause, but no pause. That's real yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. inch. Matters. Every inch matters, man. We men. <laughs> um, I guess I the last thing I asked you is a little messy. Oh, can I, can, I, can I get a little messy with Jay Farrell? Just a, oh, a I don't care. It's, it's fine, man. A little messy. Is there anybody in the world who does impressions better than you? Is there somebody that you look at and you go, "Damn, they nailed that." I can't do that. They just better than what I am. Because there's a lot of guys out there. You know, you got your Aries Spearses. Of course, you got SNL alum, uh, Daryl Hammond. You got Frank Caliendo. You got a lot of guys out there that do them. Are now, you the best? Before I say this, let me let me say this. As far as as far as impressions go, and I don't know, I don't know who started this fake rumor that. A lot of us are in competition when it comes to impressions and things. Like me, Atheon Crockett, Atheon Crockett, my man. Mm-hmm. Those are my dudes. You know what I mean? Aries, Aries is dope. Uh, uh, Reggie Reg is Reggie Reg is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Dean Edwards is amazing. Um, Frank Caliendo is amazing. Ross Mersquan, he's amazing. Um, uh, Melissa Melissa Villasenor, she's amazing. Um, Daryl Hammond is amazing. Um, uh, 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 older guy, um, uh, goddamn Rich Little. Rich Little. Rich Little. Yeah. Rich Eddie Little. Murphy is phenomenal. Right. Jim Carrey's phenomenal. Robin Williams, rest in peace, is, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The one person I would say that if, if, when it comes to impressions, I would be like, I don't, oh, man, oh, give me a little bit of anxiety, would be my three year old nephew. Oh, what? <laughs> yep. This little kid is three years old, about to be four. He already sings. He already does impersonations. He does accents. He does. 
He's literally, and I started at six. So I know when he steps into the light, I, I'm managing him. <laughs> I'm managing him. Um, and, and to, you know, to get more clarification to your question, I think the person that I wish I would be like, man, they're good is George Kirby, but he's not alive anymore. Right. Yeah. George Kirby was, he was an amazing impressionist, but he's just not, he's not around no more, man. He would be so spot on. Billy Crystal too. Billy Crystal's oh, amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Billy Crystal's amazing. Kevin Pollack. I, I'm giving shout outs to everybody. But see, yeah, you, know, do, do, do you know, why I, you know why I'm doing this? Because I have an idea. Okay. I have an idea for a versus style tournament. <laughs> I like I'm, this. I'm serious. I like it. This is Keep something going. that y'all don't have to be in the room for. This is something I know. Shout out to Atheon and Spice. They do a, a after verses every single verses when they come out and do this. People. But I have an idea for a, for a versus style tournament, right? <laughs> to where what we do is we take you, Aries, you, Kalindo, you, and whomever, whomever, right? And we throw a bunch of names in a hat. And we give everyone two weeks to work on the impression. Two, oh, two right. weeks. A long time. To, well, I mean, some of these guys, I, 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 he might not have a John Madden. So some of these guys got to work out new impressions. You know what I mean? You give everybody two weeks to work on, to work on the impression. Then after this, it's fair game. And through the course of a weekend, we throw names and then we just have y'all go head to head until we crown the best impressions person walking. We can do it all on IG. My money is on you. <laughs> this, but did they have a show about the comedians that did this? Like there was like a bracket, kind of like a March Madness. I think Dana Carvey, so that's another one. Dana Carvey, I think he, I think he like hosted a show that was called Impressions back in the day. Um, and it was like a big competition thing. Um, but dude, I listen, I don't have no problem with it. If you ask all of those people that you name, if you ask them who's the who is the LeBron of this, they'll they'll probably say Jay Farrell. I'm not I'm not tooting my own horn, but, but I'm just honest with you. I'm not being spurious when I say this. Right. Like Atheon has that's my and that's my homeboy. He said, yo, if anybody right asks me, like Jay Farrell is like Atheon 2.0, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm I, and I'm like, you know, it's Dude, big bro, you're my big bro. You do so many and you do so many well. But the people are ridiculously talented, dancing, all of that stuff. Yeah, he's right. Great. So talented. Yeah. But it's like this when it comes to this craft, Eddie Murphy, I talked to Eddie Murphy and he said there was people that I did. I, he didn't even know could be being impersonated. Mm. It was so funny. <laughs> At the uh, SNL 40 of 2015. He was just like, man, you know, you do a lot of you do a lot of impressions that, you know, I didn't even know could be impersonated. Like, you know, you do Denzel and you do Will Smith. And I was like, wow, how do you even how do you even get a Denzel or a Will Smith impression? Like, what's the process? Like, he was really (laughs) the fact that I'm freaking out. I'm like, yo, like this man knows my stuff. But it's but it's like pay attention to the game. Greats pay attention to greats pay attention to greatness, and, and, and that's real talk. 
if you do something that's amazing, just like when when Jay Z called up Wayne and he was like, "Yeah, yo, I see you, little nigga." <laughs> yeah, I, see you. Yeah. I love it. Wayne was like, "Yeah, we there, baby. Yeah, uh huh." Yeah. <laughs> but it's real. Yeah. Like you know, when when you're good at something, if you follow it, man, and somebody's great, you just give it up to them. Give it man. Up. Yeah, you give it up, and it's it's no hate. There's no hate. That's one thing. That's one thing that I don't have. And a, a few other people I would say don't have. We don't have that hate. I don't it, I don't give a damn if you do a freaking Kevin Hart impression. Mm-hmm. How is that going to how is that? How is that diminishing my how is that diminishing diminishing my brand? How is right. that? Yes. Nothing is happening. Right. It's not it's not going to take anything away from me. So why not? Give a shout out to somebody that's dope. Jamie Foxx. He's amazing at impressions. He's amazing at singing impressions. He can do it acting. He can do it all. He can transform into the character. That's somebody who I would say, Eddie Murphy the most, but Jamie Foxx was definitely somebody I looked up to um, when I was growing up. Eddie Murphy, you all know that. That's just, you only have to say that. But the fact that he can embody a character so much that he loses, that you don't see Jamie anymore. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like, and, taking that, and, and taking that playbook from Ray and, and the blueprint and saying that can be done with anybody that you really focus on and put your mind into. Mm-hmm. Anybody you do that to. That's greatness right there, man. And that's why, that's why he's one of the GOATs. Yeah. You know? You so, know who else is one of the GOATs? Jay Farrow is one of the goats. We appreciate you, brother. We appreciate yes. everything that you've done, everything that you've been through. This brother is still young. It's 120 million more to make. So, so my man, uh, appreciate you. Before you yeah. get out of here, throw one plug. Tell people is the one plug. What, what, what you want people to look at that Jay Farrow's doing right now? Hey, check this out, man. Um, I got a movie all my life, man. That's coming out. Uh, it's it's already in theaters. If you're if you're daring enough to go to theaters, mm-hmm. but it's out on um, video and on demand on the twenty third, and um, it's a beautiful movie, man, about a real life story of two people who fell in love with each other, and and uh, the um, the man found out. Well, Saul. He found out that he had cancer and um, he had to go through chemotherapy and everything. So they were they were postponing the wedding. Then they didn't have the money. So the community came together and put on this big wedding for them. And it's, it's really a beautiful story. It's touching. Um, it's about family and it's about appreciating life and and actually knowing that life isn't given to us. It's not a, it's a privilege. Right. It's not something that we're guaranteed. And especially what's going on with this world right now, man, and everybody passing away um, um, and everybody we are losing. It's just important right now to celebrate life in every moment that you have, which is the theme of the movie, every moment that you have, make it the biggest moment because you don't know the next moment could be your last. Mm. Mm. All right, my brother, we appreciate you uh, ending us on that goddamn depressing note. I'm going to go ahead and pray. No, I'm just joking with you. It wasn't even depressing. No, it wasn't depressing. It made me want to go out there right now and run, but I'm afraid to because who knows how that's going to work out. Don't be, man. Don't be, Van. Van, 
Van, the uproar is ubiquitous now, bro. It's not just it's not just in America. Everybody sees it. Yeah. The pandemic allowed us all to sit back and digest what's happening in the world. And we are all in an uproar. It's it's unity and everybody's sick of it, bro. So you run down the street. You run down the street, butt naked in the right state. Make sure you ain't breaking the law. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're breaking the law, my problem. Yeah. My problem. <laughs> all, right. all right, my man. Appreciate Thank you, you Jay. Thank you. All right. There was a versus battle this past weekend. Did you watch it? I think I am like most people who did not realize a versus battle was going on. Mm. Did you? I did not. I didn't. I honestly swear to God, I thought after Ashanti and Keisha Cole postponed theirs and they were moving it to January, Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, okay, this isn't going to start again until January. And I signed off. I didn't even realize it. A bunch of my friends missed this one. But, I'm so. also on Twitter a lot more than you, which is kind of where those things happen. So, now nah, I get it. Uh, it was between, I'm mad I missed it. Yeah, it was between E-40 and Too Short. Mm-hmm. Uh, E-40 and Too Short, two Bay Area legends. If you guys don't realize the significance of that, I feel sorry for you. The Bay Area <laughs> is one of, it is. The Bay Area is one of the uh, most fantastic places in the entire world. Um, and also, not for nothing, one of the most influential pockets in terms of hip-hop culture ever, period, point blank, is undeniable that the Bay has influenced the dress, the slang, the music of hip-hop as much as any other place. Probably, maybe, obviously not as much as New York, but if, if you were going to ask me for the three most influential places in hip-hop... What would you say? Atlanta, New York, and the Bay. I'll be for real. I don't doubt it. I just came on late to the scene to the right. bay. Right. So that's what I would say. Um, so yeah, it was E40 and Too Short. Now, Too Short, they both repped the bay. They both talked a lot. Too Short uh, played all the hits, uh, went through all of his catalog of words. Can I ask you this real quick? Coming in, who did you have? I had Short. Really? I would have said yeah. E40, but go yeah, ahead. I had Short. I mean, okay. if... If it was just about solo work, it was going to be short. But if 40 could play every song he ever featured on, it's not, I mean, he would win. Because mm-hmm. 40 mm-hmm. is featured on so many things, all that No Limit stuff, all of those guys, like, you know, um, it, 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 but, you know, just if 40 records kind of sold the way they do a versus, they're not going to play too, too many features. And I'm not, this is not to say that, that, that 40 don't have his own bangers, but I just think Too Short got like, I think five or six platinum albums. So it's just more records. But, um, but this is probably the most even verses ever. You could take either guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both of these guys on the exact same level, same DNA of god- uh, godliness. But there was a conversation that came up. Um, I saw it going around on Twitter. Uh, okay. About the word bitch. Because that is too short's favorite word. What's my favorite word? Bitch. What you guys said like short? So he talked about that uh, sort of during the verses and also said the word a lot. <laughs> uh, and while he was talking or, or just yeah, in just the lyrics of songs? Just different times. If the word comes up, if two shorters around, the word bitch is going to come up. Okay. So, okay. question. Okay. And when we say bitch, we're talking about bitch as referring to ladies. Mm-hmm. Is it time to have a larger conversation? Not that these conversations haven't been heard. I'm going to ask That's you, That's what Rachel. I was going to say. You love the hip-hop music. Does it offend you to hear women referred to as bitches in hip-hop music? I 
feel like this is a conversation that we've been having. Does the word offend me? No, it doesn't. But I know (laughs) I hate your reaction. It doesn't offend me. And this is, and and I guess, because my thing is, if I don't like the way that you're using it, then I'm just not going to listen to what it is that you have to say. But I feel like the word has evolved over time, right? This isn't the first time we've had this conversation. When you had like maybe back in the 80s, early 90s, what the word was used, it was derogatory. It was disrespectful. They were talking about you like you were a dog, like you were less than a human, um, which is why Queen Latifah had the song, Who You Call In A Bitch. You know what I mean? Like you listen to the first things that she says, like she says, you're trying to make a sister feel low when you use that word. Yeah. That's that's the wrong way. But then you have this progression of the word where it's like females started to take power back over the word and would refer to themselves as bitches. I'm a bad bitch. And it became a, a source of empowerment. Uh, so I, so to me, like when I hear females say it, I feel like it's powerful. It's almost, you can almost use it the same way when people talk about using the N word and they don't say, and they say, I took power back over that word. That's why we use it. That's the same thing when females say about the word bitch. You take, we're taking ownership over that word. So you can't use it as a weapon and as a tool to degrade us. Mm. So to me, I don't feel a certain way about it. Hmm. Um, no, Queen E40 brought up Queen Latifah uh, on the thing. He said, I'll and, never call Queen Latifah a bitch. Well, don't call he any said, of us that. He said, there's people <laughs> I'd never call a bitch like Queen Latifah. I'd never call her a bitch. bitch. But some punk ass, I called him a bitch so fast. Uh, so he said he never called Queen Latifah a bitch. I guess he's trying to show that the bitch, bitch doesn't necessarily mean woman. It comes with a certain designation and whatever. So I will say, I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot really opine on this that much. There's not really that much that I could say. What I can tell you is that there is, uh, a sort of, uh, um, there is a way of speaking and a way of acting and a way of being that I've led that's led to some of the actions that have been taken against women, particularly black women. Mm-hmm. So, I, but I don't know how to legislate that with a black woman that's saying she doesn't feel that same way. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't know how to navigate that right there. So what I'm saying is that, sure, the language has got to get cleaned up, but the question is, because the, the, if you're talking about the way females use it, then what you're basically saying is you don't mind when the city girls call themselves bad bitches. But then the question is, how do you feel right. about when, when little baby says bad bitch? Is then that problem? Is that problematic? So, okay, so here's an example. You'll love this. Webby has a song called "Bad Bitch." The whole song, the whole song is talking about women in a positive way, and he's like, "Now that's a bad bitch." So, with the way he describes in the word "bad bitch," or it's the adjective he's using in front of "bitch," it's a very positive thing. He's, it's you want to be one when the, when you hear how he's saying it. So to me, that's not a negative in a negative way. I do not want to hear men use it in a negative way. I guess don't degrade me, don't disrespect me. I don't want to hear the word used in that way. But I think there is a way to use it to where it's more positive. Hmm. And in that hmm. song, bad bitch, he does. Right. Is there a way to use hoe that's more positive? <laughs> What does it stop? I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, but see, I don't know how I would feel in 
conversation. It's like, with, like E-40 said, I'm never going to call Queen Latifah a bitch. But why are you going to call any of us a bitch? Do you know what I mean? Because you like, just said it was cool. No, I did not say it was cool. Like, in that song... Okay, here's the thing. So let me be clear, because I feel like this is going to really... This is going to really start something. No, if you I, walked I'm... up to me, mm-hmm. it depends how you use the word. Okay? So in the song, Bad Bitch, there's a whole chorus, lyrics that define what that is, and it's in a different way. We're talking about it in music. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to walk up to me and call me a bitch. Because in a song, there's a whole definition behind it, and I'm understanding the context. Don't walk up to me and be like, hey, bitch, what's up? Okay, let me ask you this, then. Let me give you a situation. Like, you're trying to get a clerkship or, or a judge, or, or not a clerkship, you're trying to go work at a, a, at a law firm, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a partner sitting across the desk and he looks at you. He's like, oh, University of Texas. Oh, mm-hmm. Delta, Vice President of the African-American Students uh, Alliance. Uh, oh, what law school again? Marquette? Mm-hmm. Marquette Law School and an extensive sports reporter. Oh, okay. You's a bad bitch. What does he look like? It doesn't matter. I oh. <laughs> <laughs> just get it. It doesn't matter. Um, Honestly, man, if somebody said that to me in the interview, I would laugh. Uh, <laughs> I would probably start okay, laughing. I'd be like, oh, you got jokes. Right. Oh, you funny today. Uh, right. I mean, again, it's all about the context that you use the word in. Like, uh, fair I, enough. I, I, that's, that's the best way I can describe it. Because when Too Short says, what's my favorite word? I'm yelling out the word. You know right. what I mean? In the song. But I Everybody's think it's because, the word. it's because I'm saying it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, mm-hmm. I know that, that some people may say you're not being right. You got to pick one way or the other. But I do think that there's a difference because when you hear certain songs and you hear the word used and it's degrading you, that's totally different from, you know, the bad bitch song. There's a difference. There's a difference. And you can say that with any word. It's very true. Okay. Uh, Congress has reached a $900 billion COVID-19 relief package. $600 stimulus checks. They were able to get this done. It was very cinematic. They made it seem like they stayed up to the 11th hour, burning the midnight oil, uh, getting this done. So there should at least be some relief for Americans who have not seen any relief uh, from the federal government in a long while. Since July. Since July, um, in terms of uh, any type of COVID stimulus. Now, all this, while the numbers are going crazy everywhere, and while Americans are told with frequent, with more frequent um, uh, sort of intensity, if you will, uh, to stay at home. So $600, stay at home. Rachel, you heard this, you read this, your thoughts. Here's my, I have a question. Mm -hmm. Before there was like a, you got your stimulus check, but then you could also qualify for $600 a week. And that ended in July. Mm-hmm. Is this a one-time payment? Is this the stimulus check? $600? So and you is, don't get anything else? Or do you, is this... So it's $600 direct payments to Americans and 300 bucks in enhanced unemployment for the next 10 weeks. Okay, so it is a one-time payment of six hundred. That's the new stimulus check. Six hundred dollars checks so cut will, go out, will go cut out to half. individuals who made less than seventy-five thousand dollars a year, gotcha. uh, or couples who make less than one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Dependent children, six hundred this time rather than five hundred. So, so six hundred to you. So if you got a couple of kids, you might be able to get more money. So this is how I feel about it. I do not understand why the aid that has to come from our country is a one-time package. 
rather than it being some type of automatic benefit that continues as long as we are in this situation economically. I do not understand why it just doesn't keep going. Why, why are we getting this, which we, they haven't given us, or this ended in July. This is less than what they gave us before. And this is going to end in January, is my understanding? 10 weeks from now. Okay. Okay, my math's a little off. In a couple of months, (laughs) in a couple of months, this ends. I don't understand. And then it takes this long to get another package. And we don't even know what that's going to look like because we have a new, we'll have a new president. We don't know what kind of pushback we're going to get from Congress. We don't know what's going to happen in Georgia in January. We just don't know. So I just get frustrated that it took this long as if they did something novel when I'm seeing other European countries who seem to be getting it done, who have this continuous help that they're providing their citizens when we can't get it together. And now we're cutting the money that we're giving back, only that we know that it's going to end in another two weeks. What hope do Americans have for some sort of relief when there doesn't seem to be an end in sight Yikes. or that this situation is going to be changing? It is frustrating. I'm not giving Congress a hand clap. I am happy that people are going to get some relief mm. that desperately need it. I am happy that they're extending loans. I am happy that they're not allowing people to get evicted because that was about to end. I'm happy that their they're small businesses and minority businesses are getting money. I'm happy to see some of these things move forward, but I'm frustrated that it takes this long and we got to sit and debate and fight over helping the people who make up this country. What is wrong with us? And we're watching everybody else get it done. Everybody's getting it done. We suck. (laughs) I I hate it. When you say we suck, who are you talking about? Our government. Uh, the people who are supposed to be leading this country, who are making decisions on behalf of us. It ain't us because we don't have the power to do it. We suck. Like, what is wrong with us and why can't we get it done? We talk about America. We wave the flag. We talk about how we're all for the people. But then we don't help the people who make up this country. Mm. Come on, y'all. It's tough. Look, uh Nothing to add. You said it all. The reality. I, I get mad. No, no. I'm really I mean, upset. look, look, look the, nothing to add. You said it all. The reality is this: people throw around phrases like "America first. It's just very easy to prove. It's very easy to prove America is not made up of corporations. America is made up of Americans. The basis of America is Americans. People mm-hmm. who wake up every morning in this country, who look out there and try to provide their families with the best shot to be successful. Those people are hurting. They're hurting through no fault of their own. They're hurting for some because of something that's unforeseen. But what is not unforeseen, what's not mystifying, is the relief that they could be getting. That's very real. Mm-hmm. See, the coronavirus is uncontrollable. You can't control that. What you could control is how you keep this country's morale high, how you keep this economy going, Mm-hmm. And how you keep people inspired during that time. All of those things are controllable. And we failed those things. We failed people. We failed them in big ways. We failed mm-hmm. them in small ways. The only reason why America has not been torn to absolute shreds is because of the unbelievable and almost unfathomable sacrifice of the average, ordinary, everyday American. It's been remarkable for the most part to see how people have changed up, adapted, and done new things. And what do they get for 
all of that painstaking hard work, all of the billable hours of therapy, all of the absolute horror and terror that they've endured to stay together, to stay stuck to each other, to keep the society going, get $600. Mm. It's disgusting. I don't, I don't know, guys. feels like y'all could do better. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll be real. feels like y'all could do better. All right. Um, on the vac- on vaccine news, I read this. I thought this was pretty interesting. Let's got to get this in. The family of one of the Tuskegee syphilis study participants says that they will take the vaccine. Freddie Lee Tyson is a guy who was one of the 623 black men. If you guys don't know the story, you should look it up. This is a very important part of American history. Uh, he was he was one of the 623 black, black men recruited for a U.S. public health study at the Tuskegee Institute. The study, I'm reading this, but I just want you guys to understand this. I want you to understand the grossness of what I'm about to say, the disgustingness of what I'm about to say. The study was meant to record the national progression of syphilis infection in black men, but the researchers didn't tell that to the guys who signed on to it. Uh, they told them that they would be getting free health care. Mm. Okay. So when you hear the, the when you hear the fact that the, the Tuskegee experiment injected black men with syphilis, that's not true. They didn't inject them with syphilis. Um, anyway, they told them they were treating the bad blood, whatever. They weren't. They were lying to the people. They were deceiving them. And because of this, some of the guys got very sick. The experiment lasted forty years. Okay, forty years. Um, and they 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 held it from. So, uh, one of the relatives of somebody who was. In that, um, Carmen Thornton, her father, was uh, was uh, was in the Tuskegee experiments. Uh, she says that she is skeptical about the COVID nineteen vaccine. The reason why I'm saying this is because there's a lot of black people out there that say that point to issues like the Tuskegee experiment, right? Issues, history like the Tuskegee experiment. Go, why would we trust trust the government or trust Big Pharma or trust anyone? Uh, and they have reason to be skeptical. She says that they, even though she understands the skepticism, she still is willing to take the vaccine. I thought that this was a remarkable story. Mm-hmm. Um, not remarkable because I'm not scared of the vaccine. I am. We've discussed this. Right. We've both talked about it. I'm going to take it, but I'm fairly scared of what could happen, you know. But also just because, you know, People are using the Tuskegee experiment, and I'm not saying that they're wrong for this, as a reason why they won't take it. But somebody who is directly affected by it is choosing to believe the science Mm -hmm. and choosing to trust not so much the American government, but a lot of healthcare professionals who are out there saying that this is safe and this this can help us in the pandemic. What are your thoughts? Well, it's it's also not that she's just choosing to trust it. She's coming forward and sharing her story, which is what... It's the whole point of this was why it's so important because she's doing it because people who look like her are being disproportionately affected by this virus. And yet those are the ones that are scared to take it because of what history has shown us when it comes to experiments with black people, like what happened at the Tuskegee Institute. Yeah. And she's like, for for us, I need to show an uh, be an example for them. I need to let them know that we're affected by this. We need to take this vaccine so we can 
uh, prevent ourselves from being affected by this virus. So I just think that it's a it's it's beautiful in the sense that she came forward to be an example to say, hey, I understand how you may feel, but we need to take this virus because it is attacking us more than it is attacking. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Vaccine. Because the virus sorry, be sorry, vaccines. No, it's the virus that we've been living with for all these months. It's on my mind. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I just think it's beautiful that she's using using her platform and her voice to speak out on it. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so as well. Uh, look, it's I get it. It's scary. Everything's scary. Walking up, waking up is scary. Walking around the corner is scary. We have to de- decide uh, sort of who and what we trust and, and what's going to get us out of this. So. You know, uh, real quick, guys, um, there will not be a podcast on Thursday. It is Xmas Day. Um, so because of it being Christmas Day, there's not going to be a podcast. Wait, Christmas should... Day. You say Xmas? I say Christmas. It's, it's Christmas, but sometimes I put the X. My mom hates Xmas because Why? it's removing the Christ. <laughs> she says, do not say Xmas. That's what people say. This is what I, this is what I used to get told as a child. Don't say Xmas because you're removing the Christ from it. So can I tell you, I, I, I have bad news for you, Mom. Can I, can I, can I drop she's going to hear this. Talk can I drop to, some talk, knowledge on your talk mom? Talk directly to her. She'll be listening. Drop some knowledge on your mom. Jesus wasn't born anywhere close to this day. <laughs> she knows okay. that. And then number two. And then number it's, two the meaning, it's the meaning of it, I believe, two, is what she's referring to. Number two, not only was Jesus not born on this day or anywhere near this day, most likely the celebration of Christmas comes from actually the celebration of the winter solstice, which is actually this same week, which actually is today, which probably more aligns itself to pagan pagan holidays. It's than the it meaning actually, of it. The, the, the pay, it probably more aligns itself to actually pagan holidays and pagan worship than it does with anything Christian. It's the meaning surrounding Christmas okay. that, she's, that she's referring Christmas to. Christmas is most likely in the spring sometime. Well, you you and your Xmas can can take that no Xmas, somewhere else. No Xmas. <laughs> no X. Hey Jesus, I'm Come good. On, I'm Xmas. just saying, Jesus. Hey, we good. I'm praying to you every time. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm loving. I'm just saying, if we being, if we I didn't know if you real, were told that too. That's just what we. That's just what was I just told say. Me. I just said Xmas because. But no, no. All right. So we will see you guys again then next week. Uh, please enjoy this time with your families. Please be safe. Rach, when are you coming back to LA? Sunday. Just Sunday. Stand here, wait. I'll be Sunday. back Sunday. So okay. next time, I'll be doing the podcast from LA. All right, Rach. All right. Uh, bye-bye. We are out of here. Take your theme caps off, but do not stop learning. I am Van Lathan. I am Rachel Lindsay. Happy holidays, y'all. Happy holidays. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs>